Deer found her. As you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Deer Found Her podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. I'm your host, Lindsay Pinchuk, and I am really excited about today's conversation because it's not always that we have a founder here with over 20 years of experience. Nina Garduño, who is the founder of Free City, is a wealth of knowledge and experience. And as you hear her say it in today's conversation, you learn best simply by doing it. And your experiences are truly the best school in life. Nina Garduño is the founder of one of my favorite brands, Free City. I have lived in the two pairs of sweats that I own from them for the last two years. And today I'm really excited to share the story of the experience of Free City with you. And as you will hear today, Nina describes Free City as a way of life, not a brand. And hearing a founder take you through this kind of journey is a really unique conversation. Nina is a complete creative and you will hear that coming from every which way in our conversation today. I am so taken by her knowledge and her experiences that she shared with me, and I cannot wait to share them with you. If this conversation today inspires you, I want you to share it with a friend, share it on social media, tag me. As you know, I will come say hi, and I will likely share it too. You can also leave us a review on Apple or subscribe to the show because all of these conversations we're having here are so important for as many people as possible to hear. And when you do these little things like leave a review or share, it helps Dear Founder to get discovered and it helps us to spread the knowledge and the wisdom that we share here each and every week. It also helps our community grow and most important, it helps our mission to support as many female founders and entrepreneurs as we possibly can. I know you have a lot of choices when it comes to podcasts. Thank you for choosing Dear Founder, and thank you for listening each and every week. So a little bit about Free City. Born in 2001, Free City is a visual language that communicates through storytelling, shared space, graphics, collected materials, sound, color, and symbols. Free City, neighborhood, life, nature, love, artists wanted are the building blocks of what live within the imaginary Free City. More importantly is how these graphics, words, and spaces relate to the people that experience them, leaving room for people to imagine what free city means to them. And you're going to hear us talk about this in the conversation today. It carries an innocence and simplicity, almost like I could make that too. Free city wants to make things that people keep that hold sentiment and personal memory in this journey of life, inspired by icebreakers, explorers, liberators, and mother nature. Using local factories with custom-developed materials, fabrications, washes, and dyes. All prints are hand-thrown using hand-mixed paint with on-screen mixed gradients made one by one in small batches as this is the only way they can be made. Each one perfectly imperfect. The final hand, customized detailing, and final home wash are all completed in the Free City Workshop in Hollywood, California. The making of it is the being of it. Not knowing how to make something and then finding a way to make it is the challenge and the gift of Free City. Free City's founder, Nina Garduño, grew up in Laurel Canyon in the 70s, where she still resides today. She started working in fashion in 1981 for Ron Herman at Fred Siegel, working her way up from sales to vice president of men's until 2006. And in 2001, Garduño created Free City with the intention of checking, quote, the other box. Inventing new ways of seeing, making, and experiencing art and commerce through retail space. The first Free City Super Shop opened in Malibu in 2005. The Free City Super Shop Hollywood opened in 2010. 
Garduño then opened Free City Tokyo, Japan in 2013 and Free City Super Shop Venice in 2015. You're going to hear us talk today about how Garduño took Free City from this experience inside each one of these retail experiences to an online brand because of shifts in the world around us. This is a really invigorating conversation. And so I invite you in to meet the one, the only Nina Garduño. All right. Today on Dear Founder, we have the founder and creator of one of my favorite brands. I'm wearing her sweatpants on my bottom right now, as I do on many days when I'm sitting here behind the mic. Nina Garduño, founder and creator of Free City. Thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to hear and share your story. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm honored to be a part of it. I really am. So let's get started. You started Free City a long time ago in 2001. And you made sweats cool before they were cool. I mean, really and truly, when you think about what's happened over the last few years with people being at home and really embracing a more casual lifestyle, you've been around way longer than that. So I want you to tell us the story of Free City. Okay, well, here we go. It's actually, it was born out of the four walls of Ron Herman, Fred Siegel, okay, in 2000, 1999, 2000, if you can imagine what that world looked like at that time. And I was heavy in fashion at the time. I'd already had a whole nother life um, before I started Free City. Um, But I think it's important to kind of talk about really where I come from. Um, You know, I grew up in Laurel Canyon in the 70s, Um, very creative family, uh, artists. My mother is an artist. My father was an architect. My stepfather was in the music business. Um, And there was, my grandmother was a huge inspiration for me. And there was a lot of financial instability in my my growing up. Um, And the pros and cons to that. We, we really, I didn't feel the instability because there was so much abundance in nature. A lot of nature was just in my surroundings. It was a very free childhood. Um, and beauty and the making of beauty that didn't have to do with money. So uh, I have to say that's kind of, that's kind of how I got here in ways. It, it made me go to work at a very young age. I started working at Fred Siegel in 1981. So I was 17 years old. Don't do the math. Please don't do the math. Um, and I started in sales and I grew my way up to becoming the vice president um, of all the men's there. I did all the interiors. I did, you know, I did the windows. I did, I mean, the the building was not a beautiful building. We weren't known as an architectural, beautiful monument like a Maxfield or something like that. It was, uh, it was a 1970s building with cottage cheese ceilings and, and um, blue shag carpet. So in finding these new resources and these new designers in Europe, you know, and in America, and these incredible inspirations, there was a, there was an obligation, I felt a real obligation to um, give them a space that matched their, you know, artistic incarnations and, and the fantasies within these collections of clothes. And I started to create environments in Fred Siegel, right? So, between, for those 28 years that I ended up being there, which is a very long time, 28 years. And of course there's overlap, right? With Free City. And I was responsible for doing private label for, for them as well. It, it became very personal to me. Um, off of a trip, I was taking a buying a trip. I was on a buying trip in Paris. I had a few days off and I went to Copenhagen. And there's a place in Copenhagen, it's a kind of commune, and it's called Christiania. And it was, you know, a pot, you know, pot plants. This is, this was a, quite some time ago. This was not okay back then, right? But it was a lawless, beautiful commune community with 
organic restaurants and beautiful schools and gorgeous nature and, you know, pot fields, right? It was so inspirational, the freedom of this. And it, it was called by the locals, a free city. And, you know, that just spoke to me. It was like an immediate epiphany of my childhood, of how I grew up. I grew up in this freedom. I grew up, it's everything I knew and the connection to the words free city, especially in the seventies. I mean, everything was connected to city, sun city, you know, um, it just, anything, anything had that city. It was kind of like nomenclature at the time. So free city for me just said it all. And so my first free city, anything that I'd made or what I came home with from that trip was a mantra for me, a reminder for me of who I was, who I had always been. Um, I ended up in this fashion world, but it's not, it wasn't my dream to be in fashion. It was an accident to be in fashion. And how I was operating within that work was if I could ring the register, I could do anything I wanted. So I started to uh, find creative people within the walls of Fred Siegel and started a wood shop. You know, we started building out these spaces and these environments, not as props, but as real as the things I was bringing home to tell the stories of. Well, in those spaces, I just want to interrupt. I mean, I'm not from LA. I visit LA a lot. I have only been there once since COVID. You know, I used to go a few times a year. Those spaces in Fred Siegel still exist. I mean, that's like, but there are like spaces within the store. At least that's how I remember it. I well, guess. yes, there are spaces in the store, but you know. Not the way that I, you did it. I'd have to say that the way that it was made then was a real beginning of something very new in the world of, um, I don't want to even call it display. I didn't want it to be like a Barney's. Yeah. You know, in, which were amazing, which were great. I really wanted to take it to another level. And we did. And we did it with very little money because there was no budget for any of this. Right. So again, if it made money because of it, I was able to do it. And I got a lot of support to do anything I wanted to go anywhere in the world I wanted to go to find, to, you know, curate anything I wanted, as long as it rang the register. So this was a huge lesson for me. I mean, this really was the school of fashion for me. Um, I went to 11 schools, you know, I I'm a high school dropout. That just was not my path. That wasn't going to be what was how I was going to find my way. It had to be in, in and through experience. And I got that. I got that in these 28 years at this one location. And it was, it was really incredible. It's the best school I could have ever had. It's the best university I could have ever had. So when I took off to do my own thing, um, Ron, the owner of the store, funded the first free city store. Um, and that was in Malibu, in a strip mall in Malibu, which you'd never expect magic to be behind a door, but that's what I wanted to create. I wanted to, I want, when I found free city and I found, I basically found myself, I printed it on a t-shirt. I printed it on a sweatshirt, not because I was a designer of clothing because it wasn't fashion. I knew fashion. I knew it well. I knew it for many, many, many years. This wasn't fashion. This was kind of an anti-fashion. This was a experiential, personal mantra <laughs> for me. And it ended up being one, perhaps for you and your kid at this point. You know, yeah. when you're, you know, it's like, why, why does that? Why, why are you choosing that sweatpant? And you're right. In the beginning of this and why I chose a, sweat, a sweatpant, nobody cared about a sweatpant and nobody cared about a t-shirt. Believe me, that was not the world of fashion, okay? So building the, the first environment or the first location or the first store was a huge effort. I mean, it was monumental for me. And Ron gave me a total and complete autonomy, autonomy in that 
an independence in that. He was, he saw it for the first time when the world saw it for the first time. When I opened the door and took the, the covers off the front of the store, he saw it for the first time too. So, so what were, what were behind, what was behind those covers? What, what was it? It, well, it was, what is free city? What is free city? But I want you to share that with the people who are listening, who might not it. know the way well, I know. You got it. I mean, all, all the things that you maybe you've seen if beyond a sweatpant, right? So my imagine, my imagination went really crazy. Okay. Life, nature, love is in free city. Let's go. You and me, let's go together is in free city neighborhood, small groups of people making great things happen is free city. Um, artists wanted creativity is free city. Um, and, you know, that was the first snow globe, right? I'm, I call it a snow globe yeah. of what I didn't have windows with mannequins. There was not a mannequin in my free city store because it wasn't fashion. It was pyrite, you know, um, magical golden rocks. It was, um, it was uh, crystals, not to sound crunchy, because it wasn't crunchy. It was sophisticated because I'd known sophistication from the fashion world. So it was a blend of, um, I had custom fragrances by an amazing artist, um, Luelle Devere, um, which she captured this natural fragrance. So it became very sensorial. It was sound. I spent money on the sound um, the sound in the shop so that it was part of the experience. So it was scent, it was sound, it was magic. It was nature. I had a, an orange juicer where I was making fresh orange juice for free. You know, there was things that didn't have anything to do with money. So it was kind of a, it was a, the task, you know, that the, the, the bar was high. How do I how do I make this world, you know, that yes, things inside of it were expensive and things inside of it weren't. They were also 25 cents for a postcard that had an image, some of the artwork on it, or the, like I said, the oranges and the orange juice was free. It, 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 and it had a lot of vintage in it. So it had, uh, you know, books like the whole earth catalogs. It had, I mean, it was, it was, really very, very beautiful. So let's talk about this. You open the doors. Yes. And you have this amazing experience. Yes. How do you go from opening the doors to this experience to creating an aspirational brand that, you know, people are consuming? And to your point, you said people didn't care about t-shirts and sweatpants. Well, like the sweatpants are not inexpensive. Like they're, it's an expensive product. So yes. like, how do you go from, from, here to where you are. And I mean, you are one of the most coveted comfort brands out there at this time. Okay. I would have to answer that by saying, well, for me, it's not a brand. Okay. And again, that's my, that's my, you know, that's my pushback on the machine. Thank you for pushing me back. And, and the speed of fashion. You know, I experienced a lot of speed and it was the beginning of fast fashion you know, um, where the spin, the forever 21s, right? Or the Abercrombie. I mean, it was the beginning of these places um, and the spin and speed of things and the throwaway um, of fast fashion. Wear it, get rid of it, buy it again, buy something else. I mean, I didn't want to make or contribute to that. Um, so what I made was handmade even if it was a t-shirt. It was taking the idea of a garage print, I'm at home making my own silkscreen to the most dedicated, complicated print, sometimes 22 prints, which is 22 screens, which is 22 times from the, the screen to the oven and back to the screen again to get to that finished item and the chances of it failing are very high. So how many do you end up with that are great? So the odds, the stakes were really high. You know, to take simple 
uh, items, whether it's wood, whether you're making something out of wood or you're making a t-shirt with this print on it, you know, it's to get it to a high level of execution is free city. I learned when I walked into that, when I, when I was making the store and I walked into it really right before I opened it to the public, I saw inside of me. I mean, it, it was the most intimate reality check I'd ever had with myself, right? It was just like touchstones of my childhood. It was like, oh my God, this is, this is just like the most amazing experience. And, and I realized the making of it is free city. The, the actuality, the actualizing the dream to real and finding a way to do it at a high level is free city. It's December and you know what that means. The holidays are here. And like always, dear founder and Lindsay Pinchuk, we are here to support you in all of your gift giving needs. Please make sure you head over to lindsaypinchuk.com for our giant female founded holiday gift guide. And this year is a little bit different. Almost every single gift, 75 of them are under a hundred dollars. You're also going to want to make sure you enter to win an American Express gift card worth $250 to help you with all of your shopping needs this season. Happy holidays, everyone. One of the things that I love that you said was your reference to fast fashion, because Mm -hmm. when I think back to, you know, my like college years and even my high school years, of course, like that was, you know, 1997 to 2001. And yes, like that was like, that was so ingrained in us then. And I think about the fact that I'm wearing your sweatpants right now. And I know I told you before we got on this, I mean, I wear them probably, I have two pairs and I wear them each probably once a week, sometimes more. And I want to just say like, they wash well, they wear well, they, they're like, I'm never throwing them out. And like, and I don't care if people see me wearing yellow pants twice in one week, it doesn't matter. And I think that just the whole mindset has shifted so much more even from when you started. I mean, it's like, you know, it's people don't care anymore. Well, I think, I think um, that it has shifted a lot and it's getting back to, look, I think there's a reason why you're wearing my sweatpants. You may have other sweatpants in your closet that you really love and other companies that make sweats. I believe you're choosing these for feelings and reasons you can't really put your finger on. Maybe. And that is what and how I'm making it. I'm making it in the same way, hopefully, that you're experiencing it, which is the sweatpants you're wearing go through so many hands. You know, this isn't something I put on a hang tag. This sweatpant goes, you know, which is also really (laughs) buggy for me because I feel like people are taking advantage left and right of ways to sound artisanal and curated. And, you know, it's like, really it, it, the proofs in the pudding. But you are, I mean, like you, you don't need to sound it. You are. And that's, I'm glad we're having this conversation because I'm glad you're putting this out into the world. Really. it's, It's a pleasure for me to be able to, to talk about it. Look, I left it up for people to walk into one of my stores and go, which, which really had also a lot of confusion for the public because my stores weren't really retail stores and they weren't museums and they weren't galleries, right? So it was art and commerce pushed up against each other. Now you see it in a Hauserworth um, gallery, right? Where there's music, there's food, there's the gallery, your inside space, your outside space, there's interactive space. That wasn't happening. Galleries were sterile. There were white boxes. There was no sound unless the sound was intentional from the artist. It wasn't that kind of environment. This is a new age and a new way of communication and blending art and commerce. You know. Um, 
And for me, it's very exciting. It's a very exciting time. But truly, back to the sweatpants, you know, and the hands that it goes through, it's, you know, at first I wasn't making my own fabric. I was, you know, getting vintage and printing on vintage. Then I was getting blanks and printing on blanks uh, to finally be making my own material, you know, so it, it, it's made from thread, okay? It's, then it's dyed, then it's uh, printed, then it's washed, then it's, I mean, that's, that's already five hands. Yeah. Then it comes back to me. And if there's any, I mean, that's just the sweatpants. So there's a lot of complicated things that I make now that I didn't make then, which is kind of an interesting, you know, way of where I've landed in that. So something, something that I think that is interesting is, so you opened the store in Malibu and what year was that? When did you, did you open it in 2001? No, I opened it in, in, uh, 2005, I think I opened it. 2005. Yeah. So you open it in 2005 and now you have another huge location in Hollywood, correct? I did. I had a store in Japan. I had a big store on Highland and I had a store in Venice and I let them all go when, you know, riots, right when riots started and I boarded up, I left those locations, which was an identity crisis. I'm sure because your stores were you, it wasn't just the products. It was the experience of the store. So then when you, how I did it. So then what happened? What did you, what, how did, what did you do? Well, I think what's really kind of interesting about it. And just before, just before, I mean, I mean, look, the beauty of the stores and the making of space. I mean, somebody would want to have this conversation with me while I had stores. I'd be like, I don't make clothes. I make space. (laughs) I mean, I was making it would it would be like a concept album or a movie where right. you're going in and you're experiencing this moment of time. I would change it once a year and they'd become, you know, they'd become the Free City Gospel or Texas Tokyo, Tokyo, Texas, or the Natural Free City History Museum. And I would be making everything in it. The clothes were the byproduct. The clothes were the takeaway of the concert right. or the experience. It was a t-shirt was the takeaway that was $300 at the time, right? It was the takeaway right. of the experience. So when I didn't have the space and I was left with, well, who am I? Really, I was left with who am I and I yeah. don't have to do it, right? Because I never wanted to be a designer. I never wanted to be making clothes. I never wanted to be, I, I had such a high esteem and regard for, for fashion designers, for ones I, I really felt moved by. Um, I just knew that wasn't who I was or what I was doing, you know? Um, so to be found in that position without the space to do it in, you know, I gotta tell you, it's been, it's been a whole new chapter of self-discovery, you know? Um, I now make clothes, but it doesn't mean I'm not making uh, the dreams or the, the environments. They're in the clothes. It's, um, the fantasy is all there. I see it clearly. You know, it's, it's interesting doing wholesale because you know, you make a collection of clothes and you have a total concept within it. At least I do. Yes. You walk through it and somebody cherry picks it for their shop or they just buy the sweats or they just buy da-da-da and da-da-da. I don't have a store to go, this was the whole story, right? So it, 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 it can feel very unsatisfying to see it in another shop that isn't doing the work that I know could be done, right? It's okay. It's okay. So one of the interesting things though, is that like when you first started this, there wasn't social media. Social media wasn't a thing. You had these experiences and people came and truth be told at that point, 
I was, you know, a college kid or a, a, I had just graduated college. I'm sitting in Chicago. Truth be told, I probably didn't even know what Free City was back then because there was no social media to tell me. Yes. Now you have this free platform, many of them, which people share your products and ultimately people can share the story and the brand. And so how has that kind of shift played into your growth as well? Uh, you know, I have to say the best of it for me, I mean, look, I never, I never spent time on my website. I mean, look, we we're just very new in that anyway. And I think the pandemic made stores pay attention to this other, you know, this other way of, of a website, um, that they could be selling off that website. They can have a store that's legit on that website. My website really, you know, really went bananas right when the pandemic hit, you know, and I was ready for it because I was ready to give it a, a, a respect. I, 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 I didn't give to commerce before, you know, I, and I ask you that question too, because of what I shared with you before we got on, I shared with you that my daughter was so jealous that we were talking today. Well, how do you think she knows about you? You You know, know, she knows about you from TikTok. Like that's right from seeing it on TikTok. And I love that. And it's really wonderful, but I have to say, and it's great and it's beautiful and the connection's incredible and it's international. It's very validating. I mean, I can make a a, a cashmere $2,400 sweater that is the best cashmere in the world, you know, and I know it because I come from that world. So I source from Laura Piana which is the best Italian cashmere period in the world on the planet. I'm buying that. I'm making it here. I'm making a very, very, very special sweater. I'm making it because it's something I want to do. Whether I sell it or not, I want to do it. And I put it on my website. Maybe wholesale and little stores don't get it, but the people get it. You know, the people get it off my website. And then the stores followed. It validated me because the connection was so immediate. And I think the pandemic with your age group, I don't know how old you are. I'm 43, uh, turning 43. Okay. And your daughter, who's turning 12. Okay. There was something about the pandemic um, that gave people a place to find something of memory of me from 20 years ago and I was ready for it so timing is 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 a, is a very important component here um but to go back to why why does your daughter care I think your daughter cares more because you're wearing it and there's something about the connection between you and her and Free City that isn't about me at all. It's not about me at all. This is why I don't like to describe my store. I don't like to describe what it is. I haven't wanted to. It's why I'm, it's Free City Forward and it's not Nina Gardunio. We're um, gonna talk about that in a second. Okay, but it's because it's, 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 it's what it means to you. So for whatever is in that sweatpant you've got on your body right now, which is one item that I make out of all the snow. So many and all the stores I've made and all the things I've done. There's something about the purity of the words that I've never taken for granted. I have never taken for granted. And I believe that's why you're wearing it. And I believe that's why she's wearing it. I mean, that's the bottom line. If she doesn't wear it yet. (laughs) But maybe she's she wants to wear you. it. Maybe she's borrowing it from you. It's it's really more about what those words mean to her, how she sees them in you, what they mean to you. I mean, it is about what is behind those words, and it's personal. And it's not. It's personal to me as it is to you. So I know it's personal to you. And we talked a little bit about this before we got on because I said to you, I said, Nina, I could like barely find you anywhere on the internet. And you're like, that's by design, that's on purpose. But I do think that 
my daughter's generation, especially, and somewhat mine as well, as well as the ones in between, do want to feel a connection behind the brand. They want to feel a connection with the people who make the brands that they wear, consume, however it is that they're, you know, they're, they fit brands into their life. And so I know you said that's why we're here today. And that's why you accepted my invitation. But do you feel like you will change this a little bit and and talk, share your story a little bit more than just here on Dear Founder? I think do you think there's a need for that? Well, I'll tell you, yes, I do. More now than ever. Just personally for me. But I, I think I'm, I'm at an age now and I've done so much now. You know, there's something about getting older um, and the years of experience and the, the, the wins and the loses. You know, I have a, I don't know, it's, it's kind of like I'm, I'm, I'm relieved of a certain um, covet around it right now. You know, I've had a lot of people who wanted to invest. I've had a lot of people who wanted to take it, make it huge. I've had, you know, and it's men, 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 men. And I've really been in a lot of protection, not just for Free City. Like I've, I've actually felt it, it is a much bigger duty to protect it, not just for me. I mean, like it's really felt like a, a real mission of a space. I've been holding a space and been protecting the space and I haven't wanted to um, poison it, poison my, my pool with greed or branding or money. You know, money has been a, a real issue for me because of my childhood. You know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. That doesn't mean it wasn't abundant, you know? But still, as I'm older now, I realize, you know, money is not a bad thing. Money, money isn't making it bad. It's great to have money, you know? Um, I'm just now getting to a place where I'm actually making money here. It's great. Thank you for saying gift. that because, gift. because that is something that I think is, so important to point out a lot of people listening would probably think oh you know here is Nina Garduño she has this brand it's everywhere it's in every small boutique that i walk into in the country and it is right now i mean it's it's you you have really grown so much and you know she, she charges $200 for some of her sweatpants and she must be rolling in the dough and that is a very big misconception in entrepreneurship on every level with so many founders. And I want you, I want to thank you for saying that because there are so many people who think that if you build it, they will come and they will come fast and it will happen overnight. And that did not happen with you. That did not happen with me. I'm very forthcoming about that. And I, I think it is so important to share that there's, you know, the generation that is kind of coming into the workforce right now generally speaking, has this need for instant gratification and instant success. You busted your ass to get to where you are. And I really appreciate you saying that you are just now starting to make the money or recently or however many years yes. ago. You've been doing well, this for years. Yes. Well, you know, again, I'm self-funded. Self-funded. You know. Congratulations. I, thank you so much. Um, it. To stay in a purity, you know, I mean, again, is it just a sweatpant? <laughs> it's never just been a sweatpant for me. Okay. That's never, it's never been a sweatpant for me. It's so much bigger than a sweatpant, right? Which the stakes, that makes the stakes so high. You know, it makes the, the bar so high because I put it on something so simple. It's not simply made. It's the way of life for you. And it's, it's the way and, that's of life. You, and that's what you want to communicate to your community. A hundred percent. And that is the free city of it. The free city of it is that it didn't come easy. It, it, it didn't come fast. Um, it's self-funded. And I've really kept it 
in a place that I could, I could be really proud of, you know, and I am proud of it. Um, so to talk about it now, or even to allow it to, you know, or to, 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 for me to keep growing, right? Because that's been the hardest thing in the time span, in the 20 years of doing Just Free City, to change. And sometimes it felt like forced change. Like for instance, not having retail stores to going to, towards my website or into actually making clothes now. I mean, I made a, a whole collection called Maker and it was all around moments of time and the thing, blah, blah, blah. It's a whole story. But, you know, it, it, it's all self-realizing. I mean, the whole thing is self-realizing. And that's the whole point. You know, you start to see the arc of your own life and then you kind of like, you know, get aligned to the years behind you, where you are now, and you're looking at it going, oh, this is great. It is pure. I did really well here, you know, with, with keeping this in this way. And yes, I am making money and it is self-funded. Um, and the people that have worked with me, some for over 20 years. Which also speaks volumes to you as a leader and as a founder. So, Which is also a woman. Her name is Robin. Um, she actually left Fred Siegel with me to do Free City. Um, it is amazing. This is just incredible. So yeah, I, I'm interested in talking about it because I feel like it's safe to talk about it now. And I feel actually, in it, like um, I feel um, it's time. Like, because um, I understand it better. I understand it better. I can actually take credit for it in a way that I didn't feel really like I could before. It's a very strange place to be um, in a whole new awareness. And again, it's, it's, very, it's, it's very revealing in terms of myself. I mean, I know I keep saying that, and, but it's true. It, these are windows into myself. Even making something now, whether it's a saying on a t-shirt um, or it's a very complicated cashmere sweater or a parka or whatever I'm doing, it's a whole story. It's a, it's, it's, it hasn't really changed. It's just a different view. I'm just at a different branch of the same tree. It's, it's kind of amazing. It's really incredible. And it, it's revealing. It's self-revealing. With less than one month left of 2022, the new year is upon us. Are you ready? I recently shared seven actionable tips in a solo episode of Dear Founder to help you to prepare your business to take on 2023. But if you need a little bit of extra help, I've developed a one-on-one -on -one package. You and I can sit down and we can get you set up in any one of these areas. Content planning, social media strategy, email marketing, events, or partnerships. We could also talk about publicity. Click the link in my show notes for more information. These packages are very limited moving into the new year, so grab them before they're gone if you need a little bit of extra help. I'm really excited to meet you, to get to know you, and to help you to get ready to tackle 2023. So before we got on, you talked a little, you touched a tad about wholesale and how bigger boxes are coming to you now and asking for bigger orders, and it's and we kind of stopped that conversation because I wanted to have right. it here. That's all right. And... Um, you know, I want, I would love for you to weigh in one, how that feels and two, kind of what's next for free city, because I, I do feel even in this conversation alone that you have revealed that you are kind of at this next step and you are, are really, you are really growing fast, probably faster than you were 15 years ago at that point. So I would love for you to share a little bit about that wholesale experience and then what is to come for free city. Okay, so well, the wholesale started at Fred Siegel, right? Because people would shop Fred Siegel to see what the new was and, you know, all of this. And Free City was inside of it. And people wanted to buy it for their stores, right? So we started to do a little wholesale business. Um, Ron was really getting the lion's share of that. And, you know, 
So Ron really made, uh, you know, first of all, Ron's incredible. I'm in, I'm in so much gratitude. I spent 28 years of, of my childhood with Ron. So, and he gave me this opportunity. So I'm in tons of gratitude. Um, you know, but truly, again, I wasn't, I wasn't reaping the financial benefits in this way because I, you know, he, 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 it, he was funding it in the beginning and it was his really. I mean, and it was mine, my, my, my brain but from a business standpoint. Yes. And I made it clear to him, look, this isn't private label. This is, this is mine, you know, and if he would like to do this, this is how we can. And well, and, we, and he, he, it was, it was, it was good. So that's how the wholesale began. And then when I started doing my own stores, it grew. And it was a handful of stores, maybe five. Um, you know, Scoop in New York carried it. Um, a store in Canada carried it. I mean, it was very, of course, we carried it. And it funded me. It funded me to do the next year's incarnation inside my shop. It funded, it funded the, the clothing sales, funded everything else. Um, when my stores, you know, I started, I, I actually got a showroom in only five years ago. And that is when things really started to open up um, with, you know, the sales in wholesale really starting to happen. It feels good that uh, it, you know, it feels good that, that people are connecting and want to, want to, want to buy my clothes. And it feels bad. I mean, look, I'm going to, it's very, I'm going to be very honest with you. The struggle is the same struggle, which is how to be in commerce and have people care about what they're selling. And, you know, so I don't have any control over right. the environment. I don't have any control about, you know, what they're buying. I can say, don't buy any of it or buy this. I mean, I can do that. But it's part of letting go as a business owner so you can grow your business. Yes, it is. And it's part of just kind of seeing, and it's also why I'm sitting here with you now. So that if somebody's interested, they can see the other side of this and go, oh, you know, it's it's not just at Bloomingdale's or, you know, um, it's not just at, you know, Fred Siegel or Henry Lear, which is Henry Lear's a, a lovely, wonderful store um, that that I'm really happy to be in. But I got to tell you, there's maybe only ten stores I I personally have like a high respect for that I'm in. You know, just because the world of specialty has changed so dramatically, yeah, it has. The world, even the world of a mom and pop store, has changed so dramatically. And it's okay that it's changed. There's also great things that have come out of it, like Dover Street Market, or, you know, there's great creativity and amazing things that have come out of it. Still, I'm in a, um, I do find myself in this place of, you know, heads and tails around how I feel really about, I, I feel great that it's, that it's connecting with your daughter at her age. I feel really, really, really happy about that. I mean, you have a brand that has really outlasted so many others, you I, know, well, I have and to has say, grown with the times and has changed with the times. Thank you. I've been, and yet it's the same, yet you're wearing the same print. Yep, I know. Print. And that, that is a testament to something outside of me. That is a testament to something that, you know, makes me feel like the caretaker or the shepherd. And I, that is the God's. But that's truth. also where you want to, you, every founder wants to get to that point where they are the caretaker. You, you know what I mean? I mean, you don't necessarily want to always be in the weeds, you know, tending oh. the garden. You want to be the caretaker. So it's true. It's true. Um, you know, it's interesting, even in what I'm making now and the difference of how I'm making things now um, and how it blooms is so different. It's different, but the same. I get the reveal at the end, right? We all have these ideas of what it's going to be or what, what direction we're going in. And then, you know, because of 
I'm not able to do that, or I'm able to do that, or, you know, the wash didn't work out with that. So now it's become this, whatever that organic manifestation is of the, of in the making to end up with, oh my God, it's an apple. It's an apple. I didn't know it's an apple. I mean, I discover it at the end as I did when I was making a store. It's just, again, a different viewpoint. Um, I don't know if I answered your question. No, you did, but what's next? That's the part that you didn't answer. Well, I want to say this one last thing about it. Please do. You know, I spent a lot of years um, reinventing the wheel for me and Free City. Like the bar was so high because I was doing something so outside of the box. And I never wanted to be called a brand or labeled as a clothing collection. So the importance on the environment was so, so, so huge. I've realized, you know, I'm just now seeing stores do it or versions of it. I'm seeing many companies doing sweats and t-shirts and print and all of this, or with, you know, uh, mantra styled, idealistic future goodness. It's all good. It's all great. And I'm happy about it. You know, I realize now I don't really, I'm not interested in being ahead of time anymore. You know, where five years later you're, you're going, Oh, I made that. I made that five years ago. And you know, I did that. I used to have this chip on my shoulder in that way. Now I really want to be on time. And that's, that's, this is a very big deal. Like for me, in a realization is that it's not about being ahead of time. It's about being on time. And I say it to myself frequently, you know? So if that means I'm reaching back and revisiting something, this is all part of the fast fashion thing or the pushback on fast fashion to slow it down. It's for me to enjoy it. So a lot of what I'm doing now in the future of Free City is like my enjoyment. It's, it's on time. It's really kind of feeling the warm water of, or, or really making the bubble bath of it and the fragrance in it and really me getting that. I'm getting that time, but really realizing it in real time, which also makes me in connection in real time. So I really believe that cashmere sweater I described on my website connecting with people on my website, in real time, social media, TikTok, whatever, that is connecting in real time. That is more valuable to me now than any of being ahead or any of that other ego or chip on my shoulder that I'd had in my past. Now I wanna be on time and be in real connection right now, which is also what brings me to you in this podcast. I, I love everything about what you just said, because yeah. I, I just, there's so much, I, I really, for everyone who is listening, there is so much in what Nina just pointed out. And, you know, it also goes uh, taking it kind of to the next level in, in being on time and being in connection and being present. You know, so many of us are worried about that competitor or what they're doing or how to get ahead. And you miss a lot of what's going on in the immediate. And at the same time, there's really just enough for everyone. A hundred percent there is. I'm not going to tell you I don't find myself in moments of envy or jealousy. We all do. Right. We all do. You wouldn't be human if you like. And it, it actually fueled me, you know, to feel very punk about things, you know, very kind of rogue and punk and, you know, um, but I'm out of that now. I mean, I've literally grown up and out of it. Um, I am now, it's not about, it's not about, it's a, you know, look, I can look at what somebody's making and go, oh, that's really great. That's really, really great. And I see, I see me in it. I see me in it. I'm just, I'm just not coming from the same place anymore. I mean, because I have the time behind me. Yes. I have the work behind me and I, I have the proof behind me. 
I don't have to, I'm not do- Well, but I like what you're saying because I just think it's, I think the takeaway here for people who are listening is you don't have to rush things because the experience is in what will the, what the outcome will eventually be. It's, you know, it is that, that, that old saying, you know, it's not about, you know, it's about the journey. It's not about the the result. It's true. It is true. And I remind myself of that when I'm feeling the pressure or I'm feeling the deadline or I'm feeling the timeline. I'm like, okay, look, just enjoy this. And it has to be for my enjoyment. It's got to be that personal. It has to be for my pleasure. Not because I'm so rich. I'm not so rich. And here's another thing about your program. I am a woman-owned business. And yes, I've thought many times if I was a man, how successful would I be today? What would it look like? What is the handful of billionaire women that are there? It was never my goal to be a billionaire, but I, I probably just would have been anyway. You know, we are still here at this time in our hierarchy. I've never wanted that to be a, a detriment for me or a difficulty for me. Yet, I am a woman-owned business. You know, I'm a gay woman as well. Um, My father's Mexican. I mean, there's been, I didn't grow up with money. I mean, there's been, there's been stuff already. I'm a high school dropout. I never wanted those things to be the reasons why I didn't reach my potential. I have reached my potential because I ask that of myself every day. But yes, your, your podcast is, is, is I want to be in support of because it's poignant that I have had my own business for, for 20 years and that the head of my production is a woman with her own business. You know, that the person who's my right hand has been with me for 20 years and she's a woman. This is beautiful. This is amazing, Thank you. you know, Thank and you. incredible to you. Kudos <clears throat> to you. And yet we're dealing with this Roe versus Wade. I mean, I know. So that could be a whole other podcast, Nina. It can. <laughs> I just want to say it out loud. Yeah. Thank you. Because, you know, this is part of our reality. It is. And I wouldn't have had it any other way. I Thank you for saying that. I wouldn't have had it any other way. I want to wrap up the same way I wrap up with everyone. And that is, I want you to give three tips to someone who's just starting out. Oh my goodness. Okay. And I'm sure you probably have 300, but. No, I, I think there's, there's a, there is, you know, a little mantra I have for me, which is do it again, do Mm -hmm. it right. You know, like I've got my own little kazoo on my shoulder watching me because you have to depend on you to to know the difference of whether you're trying to get away with it, not doing the best job you could, or, you know, do it again, do it right. And uh, dream it to real, dream it to real. Ideas, who cares? Show me, make it, make it, find a way. That's free city. I mean, that's what it is. So stick with it. Find a way, make it, dream to real, do it again, do it right. (laughs) Nina Garduño, creator and founder of Free City, one of my favorite brands, sorry, one of my favorite companies, one of my favorite lifestyles. Thank you for being here. I so appreciate you taking the time and for sharing your story and your knowledge and your wisdom because there is really nothing better than having someone a woman sitting here with 20 plus years of experience to help guide us all. So thank you. It's absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Of course. I love today's conversation and I loved hearing the origins and the intentions of Free City from Nina directly. This was a conversation like none other we've had here on Dear Founder and I hope that you found it as invigorating as I did. There were so many takeaways from today's talk with Nina. She has so many years of wisdom and experience to share with all of us. And as always, I'll be sending a full list to our email list, so make sure that you subscribe to the link in the show notes. When you do, you'll also get lessons every single week from me to help you grow your business. 
But for now, here are my top five takeaways of today's conversation. Number one, the pandemic really made stores and brands pay attention that they can make serious money off of a website and through other ways. The website validates, the social media validates because the connection was so immediate. Number two, sometimes there is forced change and you have to adapt to that. Number three, dream it to real. Find a way and make it happen. Number four, don't poison your pool with greed, branding, or money. You have to know when and where to take it or when not to take it. Number five, it doesn't come easy. It doesn't come fast. You have to keep it in a place where you can be proud of it. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Dear Founder. Thank you to Nina Garduño for sharing your story here. I know that this isn't something that you normally do. And so having you here on Dear Founder really meant so much to me. We have just a few more episodes, two more new episodes of 2022. We're going to take a little break over the holidays. We're going to re-release some of our top episodes of the year, and we will be back in January with a full new season and wait until you see who we have coming your way. So for now, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And please tune in next Tuesday and Thursday for our final episodes of 2022.